welcome back to another episode of Perspective Checks. This is the second episode. I'm super pumped to be joined by my friend. He is an artist. He is the artist responsible for the logos for both DMs After Dark and the Rainy Plays Games podcast. He is a video game streamer. He is one of my friends and has been in my home group for a long ass time at this point. Everybody welcome Matt Rosso. What's up, my dude? Dude, thank you for having me, man. I'm super pumped to be here. I love to see, you know, how you guys are going and uh, I'm glad to be a part of it. Happy as always to do a logo when when needed and then join you when you need it. Yeah, man. Uh, well, we talk games all the time anyway, because we play games just about every week. Right. But it's one of those things where I've been streaming with the DMs for a few years now, which sounds crazy to say. And we've been playing even longer than that together. And, uh, you know, I was like, I'm having my friends on and people know the DMs and like, that's easy episodes, but I got to get my homies on here. Right. And I was like, Matt's worked with us to do logo stuff. This guy is all up in the community. You do the thing that most of the tabletop community loves doing, which is paint minis, which I have so many unpainted minis. I need your level of devotion to that. But uh, your stuff's incredible. So I'm just happy to have you on, man. I'll tell you what, making an Instagram and having it take over my Twitch stream pretty much all of last year really helped to cut down. I mean, I still have an entire orc army that's got to get cut off the sprues, let alone yep. assembled, primed and all that. And then, I mean, having the printer, too, has been huge. Oh, yeah. So I've just been, you know, trying to catch up on on what I've got and going from there. Oh, yeah. You live you live that gamer dream. I feel like uh, I feel like everyone's like, I want a 3D printer. And then you get one and you're like, oh, this is going to be this is going to be trouble. Yeah, no, for sure. I um, use it a lot, especially in the beginning. And then when I moved last year into like a tiny ass apartment, I was like, okay, listen, like fumes and all that other stuff like we got to. And I apparently was not doing enough. Um, So I kind of had to like shut it down all summer. Oh, Um, so tax season coming up i'm gonna get uh an enclosure for it and be able to exhale the fumes right out the window and we'll be back up and running so once that happens uh my etsy shop will be back up and and running and i'll actually have more than just two things on it nice yeah that's awesome man well and we talked a little bit about one of the things you use this printer for and the minis you paint and we're going to talk about how that works into the topic of today but sure For these Perspective Checks episodes, I like to start with three episodes I'm going to ask every guest, and we'll end with three questions I'm going to ask every guest. So the first of which being, how long have you been playing RPGs or in the hobby? So I've been in the hobby since uh, 2017. Shout out, Lynn. That's a funny question to ask you. uh, Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure my wife is the one who invited you for your first D&D game, right? Yep. Yeah. We went out for, uh, we have a mutual friend, shout out B cops. Uh, we went out for wings for his birthday and I was like, yeah, you know, I'd, I'd love to, you know, try to play D and D I've been trying to play for years. And she was like, Hey, I got a group. Yeah. Show up on this day in April. And I showed up like way too early. Like you were still in your pajamas. Wow. This was at my parents' house. Like yeah. I just gotten yep. back from grad school and yep. had landed a job. Yeah. Um, yeah, you guys were you guys played Destiny together. So yeah, yeah my, my wife hooking up the connections, you know? Wow, 2017. That's wow. That's a while ago. Yeah, dude, it's crazy. I, I'm terrible at math. Um, I go like, oh, that's almost 10 years minus three. Okay, yeah, that's what seven years. You know what? We're rounding up. We're, yeah, we're there. 
That's crazy. And yeah, it feels crazy because the first episode of Perspective Checks was with Troy, who was one of the first people to teach me D&D back in right. three, five days. And now I'm having you on and you joined for, I think the first one we ran was Storm King Sunday, right? That's it. Yeah. That's crazy, which I just finished a four year campaign biweekly through the library yeah. uh, that Amber runs. And so, yeah, that's crazy. That's awesome. I love that campaign, too. I think like, I mean, for especially that was the first one that I ran myself, mm-hmm. uh, aside from a couple one shots. Um, but the that one was super cool because it, it gives the DM so much to be able to uh, like change and add and go like, this would be way more interesting if I added this or if I let me just tweak this. So it gives the DM a lot to be able to change and, and move from. And then it gives the players like, hey, man, it's Skyrim, baby. You can go wherever it is you want to go and I'll I'll put stuff there, you know, so that it's it's really it's a great introduction to D&D, in my opinion. It's a big one. I mean, it's like the 5e sandbox. And yeah, if you have a DM who's not afraid to do a little work to say, okay, let me think about my characters, like my my player characters, my players, and what they want to do. The nice thing is it's not like a super railroaded or super small setting, you know, like Strahd, you're only in Barovia, you're only in those like very specific places. Right. In Storm King Thunder, you can really be like, I can use their backstory. I can give them opportunities to explore this thing because Nobody knows the Forgotten Realms lore of Noanar's hold. You know what I mean? Like no, no one right. knows what the hell that is. So it's like I can turn this into whatever the hell I want, right? Which is good advice for everybody out there. Uh, you know, reskin and stuff like that. All right, what games have you been playing lately? So big one, Baldur's Gate three. We're gonna date that oh. this episode right here. Yeah, like, like everyone else, we're playing a yeah. lot of Baldur's Gate three. Getting traumatized by Baldur's Gate. You know, playing that that dark urge. I was gonna say character. you're you're Durgin right now, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that one that got wild very fast, and then uh, finally jumping into Final Fantasy VII remake with uh, the next part coming out soon. I was like, well, it's about time. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, yeah, always always got a Pokemon game somewhere in the background too. Which one? So, I gotta ask. Uh, right now it's uh, Infinite Fusion. Oh, ROM hacks. Yeah. So I've been getting into those a bit and that one's super cool because, and as we'll talk about soon, you know, I love my Berserk references. And if you take Lucario and Agron, Uh you literally get guts. Ooh, the sprite is super cool. Uh, I'll make sure I drop it off to you um, in the chat. I'm surprised they didn't use Hone Edge. You know what I mean? Like the the sword Pokemon, but yeah. 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 Oh, and those ones get wild. Like (laughs) Aegislash, Duo Slash, like all of them. And it's all um, community-based sprites, too, which is crazy. Mm. Uh, so people go, like, super, super specific. Uh, and then there's, like, references to everything. There's, like, a bunch of One Piece characters. It's it's super cool what you can do. There's even a website where you can do, like, the calculator. And it'll show you, like, all the available sprites. You can just take, like, you know, Blastoise and Larvitar and see what it oh, looks like before you yeah, do yeah. it. Yeah, so you get, like, all the images and stuff. It's super cool. Nice. Uh, all right, so... We're going to segue into, you hinted at it a little bit. We've hinted at it twice. There's been sprinkles of hints. What do you want to talk about today on Perspective Checks? So for me, I found myself as the resident Dark Souls and Grimdark guy in uh, oh. in my many spheres on the internet. Uh, so that's that's my expertise. And it's weird to say that too, like my expertise. I, I feels weird at 32 to like finally be able to say i'm an expert in something <laughs> yeah well i mean that's where you got your experience you definitely uh you do more than dabble in the yeah. 
the grim dark settings. Um, so yeah, I think that the the little tagline we you cooked up that I love is like telling hopeful stories in desperate settings. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like so that's so good. And it very much describes the characters you've made in a lot of the campaigns we've run, even if those aren't necessarily like the darkest settings. Um, you know, it's about the story that you want to tell with that character is usually some kind of pretty brutal stuff that you're going through. And yeah. there's a lot of commonalities in character arcs and things like that in those settings that really translate well to tabletop games. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, on top of that, too, I mean, like the things that you're able to work through to mm-hmm. like in your own personal spot in life. Like, I know we'll talk about that shortly, but, you know, being able to work through some some things you didn't know were bothering you. Some things, you know, from your experience as a kid, teenager, et cetera. And then on top of that, I mean, it's not, it's not always about the blood and the gore, right? right? Like I know like that's, that is one of the staples of grim dark, but it's way more about being able to tell a story about a character where when the, every odd is completely stacked against them, Mm -hmm. they still go, I cannot give up. Yeah. Or I have a code, right. Or like, yeah, like I don't have, you know, I have a choice, but I know what I have to do, you know? Right. Yeah. Right. And we've talked about, I mean, a a classic thing that the DMs have talked about is a little bit on Troy's episode. He talked about his sister, Amber from the DMs after dark, A, a couple of the members of the DMs, you know, talk about, I've always loved getting out of my comfort zone with characters like I like playing characters who are quite different from me. I know last time we talked about how I tend to play nerds, but I do like playing characters to experience a different point of view, you know, and there are members of the DMS who every time they play an RPG, like it's a cathartic experience, right? Like they are putting a piece of themselves, something about themselves is like core to their character. Right. Like you were just saying, like you can use these settings to work through some stuff but a big part of these settings and like you know if if you're going to be playing a game set in a world that has darker themes and whatnot um and we'll get into like the crux of grim dark we'll, we'll define it before we even get to it i kind of want to jump a little bit and just say when these games are being pitched And when you're making a character for these games or you're coming up with a campaign or you're in love with a setting that's like this, safety tools in games like this are huge, right? But as long as you have a good group and people you can trust, like you said, it's not about the blood and the the gore. Right. That's that's part of the setting. It's not part of the story, right? Yeah. And that's the that's the thing, too, is like, you know, a lot of what we'll talk about today Obviously, there will be times where we outright say, you know, this is how you handle, you know, if somebody has like a hard stop or something to that effect or just, hey, this type of subject is completely off the table. Yeah. Uh, a lot of what we will talk about, though, would be operating from the, you know, the understanding that everybody at this table, this figurative table that we're talking about um, is all OK with with it. And we're talking that perfect scenario. Yeah. Because I know like th- that's in my notes, too, is like, hey, like it's important to have those boundaries and it's important to stick to those boundaries out of respect for your fellow players. Right. And especially like people 
people you might see once a month if that's your if that's your schedule or people you see weekly stuff like that or people you hang well, out no. with outside of your game right yeah. like it's all about respecting boundaries and stuff like that and that's like i know a lot of the subjects we'll talk about are kind of times where those boundaries do get crossed and how to come back from that you know a lot of the stories we're talking about do that yeah a game like this is you know, everyone will say have a session zero. I, I recommend having a session zero for just about anything, even if it's a three episode campaign, even if your session zero is 20 minutes, you know, you don't have to do character creation, but you should talk about yeah. the themes and you should talk about potential uh, areas where things might get testy and, you know, cross people's boundaries, get those safety tools, you know, lines, fails, X card, whatever you're going to be using script change, all great tools. And hopefully people do this anyway, check in even after a session zero, right? Like two sessions in say like, Hey, like we had a pretty messed up event <laughs> last session. Everyone's still cool with this, right? Like, you know what I mean? Like, what would you like me to fade or what would you like right. me to avoid particular descriptions of or what have you? So if you don't mind, uh, do you want to define or give us like a, a working definition of grim dark or. Sure. Yeah. So basically, um, you know, in this specific space of fiction, it's, you know, characterized by disturbing, violent or bleak subject matter and usually like a dystopian setting. So I think like the dystopian part is, you know, what elevates it the most. Like, obviously, you know, you can have high fantasy where you're talking mm -hmm. about, you know, lopping limbs off and stuff. But the other part of this like dystopian setting that I like is that you can basically like the humans or whatever available player races speak. I should say species. That's really the, yeah. The I mean, thing. character options. Uh, character options. Yeah. Ancestries. Yep. Right. That's a good one. I, I like that from Pathfinder. So the specific player options, right. Are yeah. tend to be like pretty low on the totem pole, right. In your high fantasy, obviously, you know, your dragons, your giants, um, you know, all of these things are very dangerous to, you know, humans, elves, dwarves, etc. But through the playing the game, right, and leveling up and becoming the epic badasses that everyone's trying to become, yeah. you narrow that gap, right? Like even at level twenty, uh, you know, an ancient red dragon is still going to be should be dead. yeah should be a challenge, right? You, you know, nobody is guaranteed right. safety. Whereas like the in grim dark. The people with the swords aren't always that much right. further than the, right. the folks with the pitchforks. It's funny that you it's funny that you use the word dystopian for the setting for Grimdark as like a usual aspect of it, because I didn't think about it like this, because when I think Grimdark, uh, I have certain like cultural media touchstones that immediately go to mind. Right. Like I think Game of Thrones or A Song of Ice and Fire is uh, traditionally known as a Grimdark mm -hmm. fantasy. Uh, Joe Abercrombie's books are usually considered dark but yeah it's kind of funny to think you know cyberpunk you wouldn't call it grim dark because it's called cyberpunk but technically some of the themes of that you know are usually you are the lowly street rats you know under the boot of a corporation um and if you read some of those old cyberpunk right. books you know like neuromancer or you watch that anime one that's on netflix i mean it's it's pretty hyper violent you know and like you totally swing it right yeah. Actually, you also mentioned how a lot of the player options uh, are usually low on the totem pole. And it made me think of a game that I didn't even have on my radar for this. 
But have you ever heard of uh, Grant Howitt and his company Rowan, Rook, and Deckard have Spire and Heart, The City Beneath? Have you ever heard of those games? I believe I've seen them at my local game shop, but I had never picked them up. They're actually pretty dark. Spire is about uh, basically, I think it's dark elves have basically taken over this massive like mile high tower. And it's very like corporate uh, indentured servitude. And like you play like workers in this tower and like you're trying to put together a resistance to take them down. Um, But like you're squishy, right? Like you're not heroes. And then heart is all the people who basically get banished to underground and there's like (laughs) there's this crazy complex of like living bee bodied people and like basically the the further down you go into the depths of hell uh like the more guaranteed you will lose your mind and like those also kind of fit a grimdark like you are not it's funny grimdark almost takes like fantasy power fantasy classics and infuses a bit of like horror to it where like traditionally in role-playing games horror games try and take away power like you are powerless right so it like it kind of like it kind of shoots the middle there right like you're capable you're not powerful you right. might you might get sort of powerful you know but you're always in trouble you know yeah. there's always yeah pretty much and i mean like that's the other thing too you look at obviously like dark souls is it takes it very literally because like it's all every the three entries are all mm-hmm. about like the age of fire ending and you are some like lowly undead who, you know, you are cursed to literally die and and wake back up. And you eventually like through abs- like fighting all these bosses and going through this thing and absorbing all these souls and getting powerful. You're able to like be worthy of sacrificing yourself to the cinder to be able to like keep the age of fire going or you can just go you know what? <laughs> this place kind of sucked. So you know what? Maybe it is time for something different. And then you just walk away and you don't like, you know, whatever happens, happens like the, the age of fire ends. And, you know, you go from there. I can't think of any tabletop role playing game that does this. Um, I know there is a Dark Souls RPG coming out or the one came out that was like 5e based. Right. But I think there's another one coming out soon. Yeah, so Steamforged, they made a fantastic, um, like, actual tabletop game. Mm-hmm. Uh, the models are fantastic. Everything's oh, great. Like tabletop skirmish board game kind of thing? Yeah, so, okay. um, so like, basically, like, you and it ends up being co-op, so you and all your friends, like, go and fight the bosses and everything. But they got into trouble with the, with the role-playing one because uh. there were so many parts where people found in their first edition published book, like weird discrepancies about like, you know, things being labeled differently because mm. they like just copy and pasted from 5e. Uh, okay. um, and I was, I was very heartbroken because like I have the, the actual, I have both dark souls and bloodborne and they have like a horizon zero dawn one. Oh yeah. They have, they, they're also the ones that make the Skyrim and the fallout ones that all fantastic um games yeah, the board games like yeah. they're, they're somewhere in the middle right that's a good yeah. kind of thing mm-hmm. yeah so like to see them like kind of fumble that as hard as they did uh i mean they did say that they are working to update it and really separate it so they don't get in trouble but well so what i was going to say was from a strictly from a tabletop role-playing perspective 
you know, you think of when I think of Souls games, I just think about how mad I got trying to play those games and how often I died. And I was just like, I'm bad at these games. Yeah. But I don't know of any role playing game. And it could be very funny to do this. Where basically, remember, we have a friend, Zach, who ran a one shot for us. And it was like meat grinder, just like on, you know, on speed. And basically it was like every room we would go into, something would like something would kill us guaranteed and then we started back at room one or room zero right like but you had to go through this whole thing so like it's kind of funny because i love that premise i've told so many people about that one shot concept where it's just like learn how not to die (laughs) right get through you know what i mean and it was funny too because like one person would die and we all started over so like it was really clever to do it that way but i i can't think of a game that that is basically like the rules right like them's them's the breaks which would be a very true to uh true to form souls like rpg experience yeah for sure because i mean like the the big one that i take away from dark souls is like how do i make boss fights feel as epic as they do in dark souls Mm. for me the feeling that like you can't bottle is beating a boss right so i died to artorius in uh dark souls one 137 times wow before i finally like was successful and when i was successful like you would have thought i won the stanley cup like i was so fired up uh like in my elden ring playthrough that i did on on stream popping off i somehow beat melania on my first playthrough on the third attempt wow and like that was one that like people were just like yo she's too hard i can't do this and i was like yeah, I'm going to admit this. I have no idea how I did it. Don't expect me to do this again. Right. Like, I'm just going to take the win and run away. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, that's true, too. And actually, that's funny because that does come up a lot, you know, and, and we're coming from a primarily D&D Pathfinder, you know, trad RPG kind of background. And there's boss fights in those that feel really great. Like, I feel like a couple of our Starfinder bosses had really good flows lengths and like yeah worrisome moments right um and sometimes you get that in D, right like sometimes you get like oh no like one person's down all of a sudden like all progress is off we have to get that person back up blah 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 right like but sometimes they drag whereas in like a video game you're so constantly hyper focused right that i think that you're right like there, and there's interesting i've seen lots of mechanics online and something that this ties into the grimdark theme of this episode i've seen things where people say like nest hit point totals or something like that. And mm-hmm. what I mean by that is like, if a boss has 200 hit points, do it in four 50 HP chunks, right? So after the first 50 hit points, like they change their intel, they change their game plan. They change right. the abilities they have. They change a bunch of stuff. Like they change forms. Like this isn't even my final form. Yeah. But, and like, I feel like in Grimdark, there's a lot of that where like you play with hope a lot in Grimdark. And we've talked, uh, we've been talking a lot about the setting, grimdark settings, and there's often a lot of this oppression, and you are low in the power scale, and you have to work hard to make a dent in things. I think another thing I want to talk to you about, because you do this very well, when we play any campaign, you always give me a character, and if people go back and listen to my DMs After Dark tips and the Modified Roles episodes, and you've heard me talk about this, I love when characters get, when players give me knives for their characters that I can stab and twist and, you know, get an emotional response out of an otherwise kind of like tactical game. 
um, when you're like, most of the time you're thinking about how do I use my abilities to overcome this challenge? I want you to think about how does this challenge and overcoming it affect my character's life? You know what I mean? Like it's often yeah. easy to forget that. And yeah, I mean, who knows? You might, uh, you might save the world from a death curse and sacrifice yourself into Holy a volcano just so just so somebody else can get into the other room and then your god is like wow that guy really laid it all on the line i'm gonna bring him back as an elf i you know i do part of me part of me regrets that choice but at the same time it felt right in the moment dude we couldn't have wrote, like written that with that bittersweet twist if yeah. we tried right like I still I know that you've you've regretted it because we've talked about it, but that's still like genuinely my second favorite moment at our table. Wow. Um, that was seriously like one of the coolest things, because then it was like, you know, for the folks who weren't at the table. Right. I played an awesome R. His wife had passed. His daughter had passed. He brought he, he like gave up his grace to bring his daughter back and then, you know, got taken from the death curse. So he goes to the jungles of Cholt to like deal with it and through like so much strife. Lots. Like, yeah, you as, rough. Yeah, dude. So he gets there and there we're at the final thing. And then I get so Artorius's whole thing was like he hated watching his family die. And his uh it, it was actually a second god. He was a cleric paladin wombo combo. That's right. Yeah, he's to the like flame god yeah yeah so that god brought him back and when we rolled on reincarnation i came back as a high elf so now i had like another 550 years of like watching family die and i was like dude that's amazing like that was way better than like we could like we could have just let him die in the volcano mm -hmm. and it would have been fine but to like have that last little kicker in there allowed me to write probably my best epilogue right where he then like goes to his daughter's funeral and meets his great great granddaughter like second great granddaughter yep who's named after yeah. his wife like it was so good like yep. that could have never happened naturally had you not been like yeah you know what you earned it here's here's reincarnation you know so like never don't be afraid to to do something like that and and see what your player does with it mm -hmm. yeah and actually i want to tie something back in about like you know when i think of this i we've talked about how horror is a big blind spot for me i love fantasy i read a lot of fantasy novels i have yet to get into too much of the grim dark this episode will be airing after my faithful in the fallen media mining i feel like that approaches it but doesn't dive in I do have Joe Abercrombie on my to be read list, so I will be dipping my toes. I've read the A Song of Ice and Fire books, and I feel like, you know, there are certain things in that that I I, I like how absolutely brutal it is and like nobody is safe. Um, there are certain things in that series that I'm like, I could go without this. But what I think is interesting, and this ties together our conversation so far where we talked a lot about setting and like the the oppressive atmosphere of Grimdark. And then we talked about your character and how your character arc, and I feel like this is the case in a lot of Grimdark characters, obviously Grimdark is, you know, there's no black and white good and evil, right? Like even those people who think they're doing the right thing and they're doing good are affecting people in a way that like it all ends up kind of a muddled gray. Right. And 
in my last Perspective Checks episode with Troy, he talked about how he plays what I call like his goofy characters, but he likes to call them like simple characters, right? Like crazy characters on the surface with pretty simple goals on the inside, especially if the game kind of does a lot of heavy lifting with either mechanics or like setting, right? So like we played in Invisible Sun, which is this whacked out psychedelic magic world, right? And he just played a guy who's just like, I'm deaf and I just want a place to live, right? (laughs) Like, And he's like, how does such a bonkers setting accommodate my character who's otherwise pretty simple, right? Now that's for that setting. Now I feel like for grimdark settings, so much of the setting is doing heavy lifting to constantly remind you of the themes of, you know, hope is hard, decisions are hard because they're never there's never the clear easy or right one. You know, so much of the setting is doing that that the character arcs need to oppose it. And it's often about things like one little hope or like you know, I need to just achieve one thing and grow or like overcome one thing from my past. Right. Like, and those little wins feel so sweet. Right. And I think that if people are playing these games, remember to have those moments, like give them the little wins when they've earned them and like, do not shorten those moments because you're just going to turn around and go back out to a world that is full of more problems. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Cause I, I think it, like it's the quiet moments that I think where series like Berserk, like Game of Thrones, you know, where all these things excel the most. They, if you've looked up any panels from Berserk, you're more than likely seeing this guy in like the darkest armor. It's jagged. He's probably looking like an absolute like maniac with this huge sword, probably cutting through like an elephant or (laughs) 45 people at once. Like, so you have all that and that's great, right? The action is amazing. Like Berserk really does stand out from an artistic standpoint um, as well. Like that's what really, I think, made that series special, especially post golden age. But it's the like the super tender moments of like two people who have been through so much together and started off hating each other, them realizing that like the thing that they want most in life is to just walk away from being a mercenary and being with that person. Yeah. And then, you know, obviously the twist then somehow, how does that get, how does that not happen? Right. Like that's the grim dark coming back. It's like, what comes in to screw that up? Or like, honestly, one of my favorite panels in the entire series is uh, they're on the beach, like way later in the story. And um, Shirk A, his little like new mage friend, her hat goes like flying off. And there's just a panel of like guts in the berserker armor. And he's just placing it on the top of her head. Hmm. And it's just such a nice moment because because of where you start in this in the story mm-hmm. and then you see everything come up to that him finally realizing that like it's you know it's less about killing what i hate and more about protecting what i love yes like that's the biggest transformation that guts could go through and that's going to lead him through to who knows what happens because the series is still ongoing that's what i was going to say actually was like when you brought up the first one where uh, I- 
I just started Berserk. I started doing my homework. You yeah. told me to watch it for so long. It's been in my Crunchyroll watch list forever. Uh, and I finally started it um, three episodes in at this point. But it's about, like you said, the perfect thing. Whereas it's not about killing what I hate. It's about protecting what I love. And like Grimdark is going to constantly remind you that nothing comes without a cost. But it's about the things that the connections you make, the relationships that you're willing to take a chance on building because you know eventually those things are going to topple and fall or something's going to go wrong. So, yeah, it's really great. That's really great advice. And I think that if we're talking about, you know, listening, if you're listening to this episode because you like dark settings and you want to play these characters who have been going through some stuff, let them have these moments, let them latch onto things. They know it's probably going to go. So let them get what they can out of it. And then, you know, we talked about safety. We talked about everyone being on the same page as far as what's going to happen. Twist those knives. Like that's the experience people are at this table for playing in this kind of game for, you know? Yeah, no. And that's, that's the big one too, is like, you know, and this, this one, I guess is more generalized too outside of the grim dark setting is like, you know, as a player, make sure that you have something that's invest like your character has invested in in the story one right even if you just know like you don't need to know the whole story to put something in there but you know if your dm gives you a, a little synopsis of like hey so this is what we're thinking about doing here's kind of the the nuts and bolts of what you want to know before we go into it find something in there that you find super interesting and go like how can i directly relate my character to this how can this and then yeah, exactly. How can this hurt me? Yeah, that's uh, because I mean, I literally just ship you a box of knives every time we start something new. It I'm just really like, is. yeah, play with play with any and all of them. Like, hurt me, daddy. Yeah. Um, yep. It really, yeah. I mean, and it, it's and again, that uh, totally goalposts for me. You know, if you're a player listening to this, don't be afraid to approach your DM GM uh, and say. Hey, like, I know we've been playing. I know you have an idea of what my character clearly likes, the actions that they typically take, how they react in these situations. Like, give them. I've, I've actually recommended this before uh, for all DMs, GMs out there. I love to kind of when I'm setting up a campaign or I've had like my first few sessions with some players and their characters. And I'm like, oh, I really like the dynamic of X, Y and Z. And like this person this player doesn't even realize that their character is poised for this really cool thing down the line, right? So you have, as the GM, and you know behind the screen, if you're running something published, you have the whole story right there in front of you. If you're running something homebrew, you have your outline, you have your idea of like, you know, the general direction this is going to go. So think about it like that's a line, right? And I like to, personally, I like to try and make sure every character at like every player character in my game has some form of character arc right so you should know what they care about like matt's saying he gives me a box full of knives i know what to do to basically uh prod him and his characters along their journey so that way we have a satisfying growth you know uh in that character so you know kind of overlap those and use the things that if one character clearly loves this part of this game you know, and that's something you can immediately act upon, do so. And then while they're resolving that, find a way to bring in one of the other things that one of the other character really showed interest in and be like, it has to do with this. Or like you just end up in a place where this is now 
right in front of you, you know, go into this thing and just weave those character arcs around the campaign arc. So that way, you know, people are growing and you can get that as the overall story is unraveling. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think. I'm looking through my list of games right now that I own, which is far too many. But I'm looking at like, what would I consider grimdark? Shadow of the Demon Lord, I feel like, is one of those uh, D&D fantasy heartbreakers, as they call them, that Mm. uh, leans into this kind of setting. I don't have many because, like we've said, like this is not typically my milieu. Um, But, oh, we talked about this earlier. You're a mini painter. You're an artist. You paint minis. You've recently gotten into Warhammer, right? Yep. And the Warhammer games, Games Workshop knows how to make their money. But they also their products are there's lots of them, right? So you have your 40K, which is grimdark in space. You have your Warhammer Fantasy roleplay, which is like grimdark in the fall of the Roman Empire. Age of Sigmar is a thing that I'm not really sure what it is, but yeah, Age of Sigmar is more uh, fantasy uh, type. Yeah, it's like superhero y, right? Like people are like bonkers strong, but it's still. Yeah, so like the poster boys of that one, like the Space Marines are the poster boys of of 40K. Yeah. The the poster boys in uh, Sigmar are the Stormcast Eternal, who are like the best warriors of all time. And the god Sigmar is literally just like, oh, you're about to die. And just literally takes you out of your timeline when you die. Um, And then like you get reforged into basically like like if we're going to compare to Destiny, like a guardian, because there is that immortal thing uh, like part to it and basically like every time you die in battle you get collected you get brought back to the forge you get reforged you lose a little bit of your humanity and then you just get put back out there uh, to fight chaos that's a really interesting take on because i would still consider that grimdark right yeah for sure it's funny because like in a way that game gives you power that you normally don't have in other grimdark settings but there's an expectation and almost a guarantee you're going to die or like there's no getting out of this, which is like a real big goal of other grimdark things, right? Like do enough to be able to get a little bit of peace at the end. And in that one, it's like, there's no such thing. (laughs) There's no peace. Right. Yeah. Especially, especially as a, as a storm cast is like, yeah, I am. I didn't even ask for this, but Sigmar picked me and I have no, no control over this. (laughs) All right. So do you want to talk about, uh, I see you have a note here for one of your characters that you played. Do you want to talk about? Yeah. Yeah. You want to jump into ROM? Yeah. If you want. So I'll set the stage really quick um, where we were playing Lost Minds of Fandelver. It was you running and then myself, uh, Lynn. And then uh, it was the first time that both our friends, uh, B Cops and, and Maddie Bags, yep. uh, had played D&D. So this was their like intro adventure. Um, and this was my second character. So at this point, like our first character, I remember I was just like, yo, I don't understand the rules. So like, can you just make me something that'll just hit stuff and I don't have to worry about magic. And you were like, gotcha, my guy. So Ram, I was a little bit more experienced in character building, kind of knew what I wanted to do. It was the first time I wrote like a 12 page, (laughs) like bad fanfic of a, of a introduction. It was perfectly serviceable. Yeah. So it worked. Uh, I'm sure there's probably some lines where you're just like, oh, mm, skipping over that part. (laughs) 
but basically, and and the story is, I would love to turn him into a comic book someday. So for that purpose, obviously, there's got to be some some edits. Um, but the moral of the story was basically like he was a tiefling and was not very well liked in his village. There was one person who was just like, dude, people suck around here. And they ended up like developing a relationship. Her parents did not like it one way or another. They try to like break them up. Rom's family gets killed. His girlfriend gets killed and he's just like at the lowest point. And he's just like, yo, if, if there's anything out there that can just give me the power for like to get revenge and like, or realistically from his perspective, avenge my girlfriend and my family, like I will do anything. And a voice called back and was just like, yeah, dog, I got you. When you say those words, yeah, something's going to answer. Yeah, for sure. So he ends up like getting possessed uh, by a patron Mm -hmm. and just kind of goes all Anakin Skywalker on his village. Then once he finally breaks out of it has like is now like terrified, like what? did I just get myself into? I just made the snappest of decisions and it's ruined my life. I didn't think my life could get worse, but I've, I've actively now made it worse. Oh, oh no. The consequences of my own. Right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, exactly. And I would never, I would never do something like write all that without the redemption. point being redemption and consequences. Right. Yep. And I mean like where I was at in life, when I made that was like, I was probably at like the lowest point in my life. I really needed something to like latch onto. Um, I had just exited um, a very serious relationship and, you know, I just met you guys. We did this probably like six months after we started storm Kings. We were playing like two campaigns at the same time. Yeah. probably. So like at that point, like, it was all like very new. And I was just like, dude, if there's anything I can do to get out of this house, mm-hmm. if there's anything that I can do to like have fun and enjoy something that's I'm doing it. So thank you for that. Thank you yeah. Lynn, uh, for the invite. So where I was at was like, I was really kind of, kind of starting to come to terms with like what I went through as a kid dealing with now I know is basic ADHD Mm -hmm. and like not knowing how to govern your own emotions, like not knowing how to describe what it was that I needed. So it was just like, I would fly off the handle and it wasn't great. And some of the other characters we'll talk about later also fit this theme, but basically like up until that point, like I basically felt like a monster because of like the things that I felt and the things that I needed to like, as I grew up, like knew like, yo, it's not okay to do this. Like it is not okay to just lose your mind over something that's trivial. Like why, why is this my natural reaction? Why can't I rationalize first? And so that's basically like kind of what Rom became was, you know, the final kind of confrontation of, of how I felt about myself and being able through that journey 
being able to like work through a lot and Lynn's character Belba played so well like as a yeah. foil to Rom mm-hmm. like I remember being able to like have we had to- she had tortured some bugbears pretty bad and I was just like hey so uh I get it but uh yeah we we can't be doing that we got to be better and like i remember like ripping game of thrones and being like i remember all the faces of the people that i killed <laughs> but i don't even remember what my girlfriend looked like like you know what i mean like so it was super interesting to have been able to do that and i think that's why like rom has stood with me all this time like rom is my dirge in baldur's gate that's like Mog, one of my first characters ever, is my first character in Baldur's Gate, because it's like, some just stick with you, you know? Yeah. Either through where you were, like, you know, like like you're saying, though, like, either through where you're at in your life, you know, or what the character was able to do that shined a light on that kind of thing, right? You know, yeah. about yourself, right? Like, it was a mirror. So, yeah. Yeah, for sure. And I think, too, like, the best part was at the end, when we beat the Black Spider and... You were just like, hey, man, you want to roll me a wisdom save? And I was like, okay. And I rolled like a seven. Yeah. And you were like, okay, great. And then I became the final boss. And I was like, yeah. Oh, my God. Like, dude, B-Cop. I remember B-Cops being like, I, I don't want to kill him. I don't want to kill him. And you're just like, great. You can do non-lethal damage. And yeah. he was like, I want to do that. I got to do that. And he was like an archer, too. So, like, he yeah. had the time being like, how am I going to hit this dude without killing him? Right. And I, you know, we've talked about we've talked about this multiple times. I had really fun plans for Rom as far as like tying in your patron into elemental evil and stuff like that. But uh, but I'm really glad like, you know, he's stuck with you and like you've 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 kept the Rom alive. You know, you've you've yeah. continued to explore that character in really awesome ways. So I'm yeah, really I was going to say I used I was going to say I used uh, what you kind of had laid out. I ran. I still got to finish it, but. I have a friend up here that we've kind of run Prince of the Apocalypse and specifically the fire cult bit as like kind of like a mini it's turned into like a four shot by now, but they all like their characters came in to like help Rom. Nice. So that's been that's been super cool. I love being able to see like other people's interpretation of like what that world looks like and what his choices looked like. Mm hmm. You know, so that's been that's been super fun. And I mean, at the end of the day, like this is what we were talking about with like working through things at the table is like, you know, I don't. I don't really know where I could have made anybody, but I made Rom. Mm -hmm. And I don't know where that other timeline would have led me, but I know where this timeline's led me and I know what I was able to work through and think I've become a better person because of it. And I think the most important thing has been like, there are things that I still like need to work through and things that I like really should stop putting off investing in therapy to do and learn. But um, it's just, just super interesting after all this time to be like, I know what it's like mm-hmm. when this happens. And it's, it actually helped me we didn't touch on it, but it helped me a lot as a football coach too. like seeing the kids that were very similar to me 
Yeah, you can identify now. And being like, hey, man, like, there's a better way. Like, yeah. I promise you. And like, to the point where, like, when I played uh, God of War, the 2018 one on stream, and there's one particular spot in the game where, like, dude, I sob every single time. I could just pull up this, the cinematic and I will ball every time because it's so personal. But it's like, Brados is like going back to the house. And up until this point, you have not seen the Blades of Chaos. And he goes back to get them because his ice axe is not going like mechanically, right? His ice axe doesn't hurt frozen things. So you have to go get the flames of chaos or the blades of chaos that have the fire. And that cinematic where he's on the way back to the house to get them. uh, He keeps seeing Athena and it brings back everything that he did in those first three or four, I think five games. If you count the PS five, the PlayStation portable stuff. And she says to him as he's like putting the chains back on his wrist and she says, you know, you have tried to you faked being all these things like a, a, a lover, a God, a father. And that cuts so deep to him. And then she's just like, you will always be a monster. And then he just stands up and is like, I am your monster no longer like that is when Kratos truly transforms into like accepting his past, no longer running from it and instead facing it head on. Another- and any, I was going to say anybody who's dealt with any form of like childhood trauma, if there's anything that I can leave you with, it's for your own sake and your own sanity, like face it. It's going to be hard and it's going to suck. But you got to do it for your own self. Yeah, that's another great theme, right? That's another great little not not a little win. But you know what I mean? Like in those grim, dark settings where like it's, you know, it could be anything. We were ta- we were just talking about Lost Minds of Fandelver, like a classic D&D starter set adventure, right? Like it's not meant to be this dark campaign, but the characters that were made kind of let me tone it to be darker than it was. And we leaned into that. And, you know, it's it's funny. We were talking earlier about how the setting does a lot of the heavy lifting to be that oppressiveness. And so the arc has to counter that when the characters have that darkness. I didn't counter it with the setting. We just countered it with, you know, they're starting from a place of darkness. Get them to some light. You know what I mean? Right. Um, Give them a light. So, like, it's it's great to, to consider all the ways you can bring that kind of energy and a satisfying moment even if it's not if it's not the end all be all but it's it's a moment where owning up to yourself is a huge huge uh light you know what i mean like coming on so right because that's the that's the thing is like because your character lives in this very desperate world that doesn't still excuse them to be an asshole yeah right like and that's the i know you guys had talked about it we should certainly uh we should certainly say uh, in addition to the safety tool stuff yeah let let them have it grim dark does not equal right exactly like the the standout line from from the trope episode 
but that's what my character would do. Yeah. Don't make that character. Yeah, if it's terrible, like if you're going to be terrible because of terrible things, like yeah, great, you're a villain. Like you are, you are not a protagonist. And there are definitely ways to make like an all villain campaign work without being mean or without disrespecting the people at the table, right? Right. Yeah. So, like you know, and like you just said, you used a very important word there. We could be playing a grim dark setting, but like, and even if the things that are happening are not feel good are not necessarily light side good quote you know in quotations good acts or what have you they're they're means to an end to a better version of the crap you're already in whatever it may be you are a protagonist right like you are doing something to you know you you are the character or the characters in this world that are doing something to make it even the littlest bit better so don't go into a game like this and be like, oh, the themes and the setting are so dark. I get to do edgy, dark shit. Just be responsible. And remember, you're sitting around the table with people you should want to spend time with and you should want to respect it, you know, respect regardless. So, right. Exactly. And I mean, that's that's the whole point, right? Like, have fun. You can tell you can tell a dark story and, and still have fun with it. Right. Yep. Like, I know it. it's funny to be like, yeah, I'm the the dark souls expert, but like, dude, I am incredibly squeamish, like incredibly, like I yeah. am 32 years old. I cannot watch like my blood be drawn. I cannot watch me getting a shot, all that stuff. Like I was never into slasher films. Like all of my buddies, big horror slasher film guys, like, and I would just be in a different room, like playing with the dog. Like, yeah. You know, um, Funny. Lynn, you know, Lynn watches like medical dramas, not even like, you're, yeah. you, know, you know, how there used to be like a TV channel where you could like watch people doing surgery. Dude, I would legitimately like faint. Yeah. <laughs> I saw that. You know, but like Lynn will watch like medical dramas. And I'm like, oh, why are you why are you watching this? That's disgusting. That's the inside of someone's gut. And she's like, Randy, it's a TV show. I'm like, it's still what the inside of a gut looks like. And I yeah. have no interest. None whatsoever. Yeah, I remember Shell was watching Grey's Anatomy recently and I like popped in and she was like, yo, you're going to want to leave. And I was like, why? And they're like, she's like, you know, the next scene is going to be a gut surgery. So like, get the fuck. And I was like, okay, yep, see you. Bye. Yep. <laughs> Let me grab my socks. and Just got out. So like, you can definitely tell like all that stuff without, you know, the, the literal, like yep. blood and guts and guts and blood. Yeah. You know? And like, and it's one thing to make people at the table, players at the table uncomfortable. And it's another to like antagonize them with things that right. not like, which goes back to the very first thing we said. So yeah, exactly. Because if you come in with like the the edge lord and you want to end up on r slash RPG horror stories, like you don't, but you might. Yeah, <laughs> please don't. If you're listening to this, I really hope no one who's ever listening to this ends up on RPG horror stories. Be better. Be better. Unless you're the one, you're the you're, you're oh, the one telling the story yeah, yeah, and being exactly. like, "Yo, can you believe this person at my table right. did this?" <laughs> you can identify what was wrong. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> well, so you actually kind of in the last few minutes answered a f the first closing question I have for you. Oh, neat. Was do you have any last bits of wisdom, advice, or homework? And I think we've knocked that one out the park with the yeah. last <laughs> last few notes. Um, so. Let's follow that up with the second question. Do you have any games you're excited to play or ideas you want to try out in a game? Oh, that's a great question. 
I'm excited to play masks again. Ooh, yeah. I'm going to be honest, dude. I've been itching to play masks again. Also, shadow kids on bikes. I've I, I always got to do that. North Appleton. That's actually west of that West Appleton. Appleton. Um, yeah, that was great. And then those are also like places where you could definitely tell these. Dark, I mean, look at Stranger Things like that excels. Yeah, at that's a good example this, at this type of thing. Mm-hmm. Video game wise, I just need the Elden Ring DLC. It's Ooh. it's kind of heating up. We still don't have a release date, but but video game wise, yeah, I got I would love to get back into Elden Ring on brand on brand. Yeah. Uh, all right. And then last question for you. Uh, do you want to pitch anything and where can people find you on the Internet? OK, yeah. So where you can find me on the Internet. Instagram, I am uh, at Rosso, R-A-S-O underscore A-C. And on Twitch, funny enough, uh, I am at Rosso Plays Games. Yeah. Because uh, that's what I did. I played yep. games there. So so you can find me on YouTube as well, although I haven't uploaded work. has been kind of crazy, but I'm really hoping that I'll do a little bit of self-care in the next you know coming weeks and really start to get back to the, the fun stuff. Mm-hmm. So streams a couple nights a week hopefully get to posting at least once a week of something i painted or any of my art too because i am not only do i do logos and such but i do uh fine art uh as well Ooh, so yeah uh, you can hit me up everywhere i uh oh, yeah, you still have you have both lynn and and the yeah, dm that i, made I might have, i'll post those with the with the announcement for this episode when it goes live you you made character portraits for our campaign yeah. And yeah i know zach still has his too it's up in uh it's up in his room i see it on sundays when we play it is framed on that wall right there hell yeah uh, right out. i love that so that's awesome yeah yeah you okay uh I, i'll cut this if you say please don't ever put this out on the internet you do commit uh-huh. do you do have you ever done a commission for uh yeah so i've done i had gotten obviously dms after dark and your logos right, uh, right. but i did the I did the episode thumbnails and starting stream screens for, I forget, it was so long. It was like during the pandemic, but they were playing the the other superhero RPG. I think it was like Mutants and Masterminds. Yeah. So like, uh, so their payment was obviously like, you know, a cash payment. And then plus like the PDF, Nice. Um, they had gifted me a license to it. So that was really cool. I don't tend to go looking for them, but if things come my way and and if you like uh, any of the logos that I've done and you want something done, absolutely uh, send me a DM on Instagram and I will get back to you as soon as possible. I tend, I tended to shy away from like pitching commissions to people. Yeah. Because like I do graphic design for at least 10 hours a day anyway. Yeah. So usually like I do tend to try to go away, but I, if you're like, hey, I think you could really make me a great logo, then you're probably right. And I'll do my best. <laughs> <laughs> so send me a message uh, if you do. And uh, and we'll get something cooking for you. Sweet, sweet, sweet. All right, man. Well, I think that wraps it up. Yeah, man. That was great. Thank you. Thank you. And thank you for listening to another episode of Perspective Checks. As always, find me on social media and let me know what you thought of the episode. Let me know if there are any topics you would like me to discuss with future guests or if you yourself are involved in the community and want to get involved, have a conversation. 
email me at rainyplaysgamespod at gmail.com. And until next time, keep that hope alive. <laughs>